This is the Bates Bobcast, Summer Edition. On this episode, we remember the life of Coach Bob Flynn, who passed away on July 31st at the age of 83. We will also visit with Director of Athletics Kevin McHugh to get a summer update on Bates Athletics. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. On July 31, 2016, Bates Athletics lost a legend when Robert C. Bob Flynn passed away at the age of 83. Throughout his 50 years at Bates, Flynn served first as an assistant football coach, then at various times as head coach of the skiing, baseball, and golf programs. Last October, the new donor-funded Nordic and Alpine skiing rooms were named after Coach Flynn, who back in 1976 brought the NCAA Skiing Championships to Bates. Director of Athletics Kevin McHugh spoke at the event. The force, um, the spirit, the iconic Bobcat Zen, as I call it, through the past five decades of Bates skiing has been Coach Bob Flynn. In July, before Flynn's passing, McHugh had this to say about his legacy. Bob, you know, the way I, I look at him is this, you know, this coach with an exceptional um, kind of wealth of knowledge in, in three, you know, in baseball and skiing, um, in golf. And but he was this so this this sort of the venerable coach that has all this knowledge and experience, has knowledge and life experience, but wrapped in this sort of the kindest, um, you know, uh, package of, of almost anybody I've ever known. And, and, and because of, um, I guess, both his experience and his longevity, you know, he's, he's touched so many people that um, he, he is iconic. There is, the, you, you mentioned Bob Flynn, and, and he brings a smile to everybody's face, and there's a, there's a love for him and, and for... Um, the relationships that he established with people, that's, you know, it's pretty unparalleled, I think. And, and uh, you know, part of it is, you know, he, he had, I, I can't remember specific sayings, but but Coach, you know, would be famous for dropping these, you know, these um, these just crazy uh, flinty kind of kind of sayings. And usually Wicked was tied in there somehow or other with it. But um, but that was, you know, that was part of kind of his um, his shtick, if you will. And, and, uh, and again, aside from having coached and mentored, starting the skiing programs and, and just having had such a long line of succession, he's just been this, this resource. And, and, uh, and again, this almost, um, you know, kind of quasi legendary guy that that's been on the scene as, as long as most people can remember. I think you described it at the dedication of the skiing rooms in the fall as like the, the Zen of Flynn, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, on that. yeah. Yeah. I don't know somewhere that came up, but yeah, but yeah, but there is this sort of this, you know, this coach Flynn Zen kind of thing because of, and again, you have to be around him to appreciate it. It's not, it's not something that's really articulatable if you will. Um, but again, part of it is, is his savvy, his knowledge, but it's his way of expressing himself. And again, it's done in, uh, you know, like I say, in the, in the, in the kindest, um, you know, most considerate way. Um, you know, he's one of the nicest men you'll, you'll ever, ever have the pleasure to, to meet. Um, but, but again, wrapped in that is, is, um, you know, some real gems of, uh, again, of experience and, and ways that he's been able to help, um, you know, again, countless numbers of kids in, in, in three different sports. Even in his final years, Coach Flynn continued to make an impact on Bates student-athletes. This past fall, 
We talk with current men's golf captain Brad Rutkin about his coach. Uh, well, he's a great athlete. He's a competitor. He he knows so much about competing that I think um, just having him to give advice. He played double A baseball, for example. Um, he's he's been in different different uh, competitive environments, and that's really allowed me to develop as a athlete. A Lewiston native, Coach Flynn was a Bobcat through and through. His daughter, Becky Woods, graduated from Bates in 1989 as the head coach of the men's and women's Nordic skiing teams, a position she's held since 1994. This fall, Coach Flynn talked about what it was like having his daughter as a colleague. It's great. I She, she does a wonderful job. She's really a very good coach, and I... Try to. I'm, I'm trying to be objective about, you know, <laughs> my remarks, but uh, she has done a wonderful job here, and she's been here at Bates for a long time as well. Flynn's years as the baseball coach at Bates also touched many student-athletes. In fact, current men's and women's squash head coach Pat Kosker played baseball for Flynn from 1994 through 1997. Kosker joined the Bobcast after Flynn's passing, to talk about his coach's legacy. Being from New Jersey, you come up in the summer of 92 to visit Bates, to visit Maine for the first time, and the first person you meet is Coach Flynn. What was the first impression? Uh, well, I learned a few uh, friend, learned a few new words that day. Um, yeah, I met, met Coach Flynn with my parents. We sat down for about two or three hours, and we spoke about everything, um, everything maybe besides baseball, which was part of Coach Flynn's thing. Uh, we talked about golf and skiing and football and um, all the other sports that I had played. And just a, a great, great meeting. Um, I was convinced that he was the type of man that I wanted to be with for the next four years. Uh, and my parents were as well. Um, just a, a really remarkable person. And um, I just knew that I wanted to, to spend more time with him. Yeah, and then obviously there's a great article right now actually up on the Athletics website, athletics.bates.edu, about uh, Coach Flynn and his impact on the institution. He brought the NCAA championships here for skiing. Um, you know, had a big role in that. Also coached golf for many years. But you played baseball specifically for him. What did you learn about the game of baseball from Coach Flynn? Coach was a great uh, great tactician and strategist. Um, we learned to play with, uh, with pride, obviously pride for Bates. Um, but also to have fun with the game. Um, we played hard, you know, we played hard and tried to win every game, but uh, the lessons within the game were more important, and, um, you know, that's really what I'll take from it, is the, the time with the team, the time with Coach, the lessons that he taught us, that's, that's really what I'll take from that experience. Any individual moments about Coach Flynn stand out to you that you remember specifically to this day? <laughs> there are a million. Um, he, uh, some of his sayings were, um, <clears throat> legendary, to put it lightly, um, dropping the plow, dropping the wicked plow. He used wicked, the word wicked, probably every fourth word. Um, and uh, uh, there's still some of those sayings that I, I take with me now with my teams. Um, but I, I definitely, one of the quotes that I use a lot is he who hesitates is lost. And, and that, was, um, that was Coach Flynn's way of saying be young and, and have fun and go for it and uh, don't wait. Don't wait for life. Just just go for it and uh, do your best. And then, like, his personality, I know, obviously, um, he could be – I know in football, at least he, as assistant coach, he could be kind of a taskmaster, but what was he like as a baseball coach? Did he make you guys run a lot or anything? Coach, uh, we, we did a lot of batting practice, a lot of scrimmages. Um, 
<clears throat> a lot of infield. Uh, he was a defensive mind for sure. He he worked with the pitchers. Um, he knew everything about everything. You know, that's a really simple simple way of putting it. He knew everything about the game. Um, his own playing experience was was really extensive, and um, he had a batting coach. Uh, George Sisler was a batting coach. He was signed by Branch Rickey, um, <clears throat> and he spoke a lot about those experiences, which is really uh, really cool, really cool to hear. And and um, you know. A lot of us that played baseball here uh, were historians of the game. You know, baseball is a, a it's just a has a really rich history, and and so we learned a lot about the game from Coach Flynn. But um, as I said, just having fun with the game, having fun with the guys, um, that was our our focus, and and trying our best, and and playing for Bates. You know, that's what we did. We tried our best to win games for Bates and and for Coach, and um, he he's a treasure. He's a Bates treasure, and and. Um, he's still with us all. Yeah, you mentioned the, the stories from his playing days. He played minor league baseball in the Pirates system for a number of years. Do you remember any stories specifically about his days playing minor league baseball or what he emphasized about baseball from the lessons he learned playing in, in pro ball? Well, I, I know um, from my own experiences, one of the first conversations we had was um, some of his discussions with, with Branch Rickey and, and talking about um, his experiences with Jackie Robinson and that really hit home and um, you know we, we talked a lot about um, the sportsman the, you know the, the gamesmanship of, of baseball and, and um, playing it playing the hardest that you could um, kind of moving forward when when things didn't go your way a lot of baseball is failing you know errors and strikeouts and and uh, and and so again everything that he talked about there was a lesson in there and a lot of the lessons from baseball um, were about failing and how to overcome those failures in life and, and move forward and move past those. And so, yeah. Now you obviously played for him, but then you came back to Bates as a coach. What was it like to be a <clears throat> colleague of Coach Flynn? Coach Flynn is like a father to me. And every time I saw him, he'd give me a big hug. And, uh, and it was just, you know, his smile is, was infectious. And, and um, I, I'll miss the the warmth and the the hugs that he used to give me. He's he's my fan, you know, and he rooted for the squash team just as much as he rooted for the baseball team or the the ski teams or any other teams at Bates. He's a real um, he's a Bates guy, and his family's Bates through and through. Um, and that's what I'll miss. I being his colleague, I, I don't even you know he was my father. You know, I would go by his office, and whenever I saw him, we would talk about life at Bates and. Um, I just I miss that miss those times. Obviously, I mean this happened over the weekend. Uh, when did you find out about him passing away, and what went through your mind when you learned about that? Well, I, I I've always you know everything I do is has Coach Flynn um, a piece of Coach Flynn with me. Um, Coach was loves my my wife and my kids, and um, you know so I, I've had him in my thoughts for a long time, um, but recently since we've learned that he was he was sick it's just been really hard but um but as i said he's with us all in everything we do and um he'll continue to be with us at bates a celebration of bob flynn's life will take place at 11 a.m on saturday august 6th at the gomes chapel summer may not have any sporting events on the field for the bobcats but director of athletics kevin McHugh has been plenty busy we caught up with him last month to give us a summer update on Bates Athletics. 
First of all, looking back here on the past school year, what progress did you see Bates make as an athletics department, whether it be on or off the field? Um, well, first, uh, you know, on the field kind of stuff, I, I think um, I think we continue to make inroads with Bates being um, a force in NESCAC. Um, you know, I, I you know we're we're not where we necessarily want to be across the board in terms of of placing, you know, in the, in the top half of NESCAC, and we're on our way there, and we're we're, we're getting there. But I think um, I think almost in any sport. Um, uh, any opponent does not want to play Bates. Um, I, I, I think, I think what we've established is, um, is a, a competitive mode that we have again across all of our programs. Um, certainly, you know, we've gotten, um, more and more talented as, as we've, you know, really ramped up recruiting. And I think that's continued to improve. And, and again, I think it showed across the board that, that again, um, you know, probably, you know, I, I know field hockey, you know, playing Bowden in the national championship and playing them to, you know, so close, I, you know, I, I think that's as, you know, one of the examples that jumps to mind that, that, that I, I know there's folks that just, um, you know, don't, um, don't look past us anymore. And, and I, and I, that may have been the case in the past where I, I think you could kind of take for granted a little bit that, you know, that you were going to get a W when you play Bates and, and that is not something that people take for granted now. So, you know, I think we've improved on that. Um, you know, we've we've obviously had um, you know we've had some facilities improvements that have, have, that have been significant um, you know in, in the way of accomplishments. Some still you know still under under you know under works, but um, but that's been part of what we've done. And, and and again, I think we just continue to pull together as a as a staff that um, lends a, a little bit of something different about about the Bates experience. I, I you know I think it's a combination of the support that we have for our student athletes for, you know, who they are besides what they can do on the field. Um, but I also think it's a support that we have for one another, I think, because, um, you know, we are, you know, maybe constrained a little bit, you know, um, resource wise versus some of the, some of the folks we compete against that I think leads us to pull together more as, as a, as a group, as a staff, as an organization. And I think there's a feel to that, that translates to our, to our student athletes. And I think that makes the, the experience competing here, just a little bit different and in my view, a little bit better. And, you know, with that, we want to continue to have that, but yet, you know, end up being, you know, more competitive across the board as we keep going. Of all the sporting events you were able to be at this past year, uh, what was the most fun you had at one? What was one that really stood out to you? Um, actually, I, I would say two stand out. One, and for different reasons. One was um, I had the good fortune to, uh, again, go to the swimming and diving NCAA championships. And first of all, it's a, it's a as most NCAA championships are a really distinct, really neat event to be at. But I also spent time there, you know, in the bleachers, sitting with our kids, with our with our athletes, and so we had men and women competing there. Um, and so to be able to, um, to you know, to, to spend time with them at the championship while they're competing, um, that that was it was fun, but it was also it was just an experience in a different way of experiencing our athletes and and the event at the same time. Um, the other undoubtedly was um, being part or being on hand to witness. Um, parts of Ahmed Khalid winning a you know a second national championship and and um, you know being being around him the team the energy just the whole um, the whole scenario of of you know everything the pressure that was on that young man to um, you know to, to do it again never mind the first time do it um, I think that was I don't know, maybe fun's not the right word but in terms of an exceptional experience and, and to be part of those are those are the two that stand out for me. Maybe the least fun is when you had to replace a backboard before a basketball game. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I, at one point I was I was going to say you know it's it, not the most fun but the most memorable yeah. one. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, certainly, um, you know having having that and and uh, and and you know in some ways, 
having having thought about that so that we, that we had this spare backboard in place but then you know never having actually gone through the process of you know getting facility guys over and figuring out who's gonna you know who's gonna hold the thing up over anyway yeah um that was um you know that was new for me and you know adds to my uh to my d3 book that i'll, I'll write someday i guess <laughs> well yeah i mean it really it kind of encapsulates the bait spirit of teamwork right there because you're the athletic director and you're out there picking up glass and everything right well yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess that's kind of part of, you know, I, I just have never felt like, you know, any of us, you know, shouldn't be ready to do something, uh, you know, that, that anybody else would do because, again, we're all part of the same enterprise. And so, you know, and, and particularly if, you know, I, you know I, I got my equipment manager there who's got glass falling on his head and, I, you know, I, it's, you know I, I wouldn't ask somebody to do that, and particularly if I'm not willing to, you know, to sort of be – be there as well and 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 as it was we just we needed we needed folks and we needed bodies and and uh you know i still have a little little juice left and and you know and felt like i could you know contribute to that effort but uh but yeah it did it did take a a whole lot of folks pulling together in, in on the spot and again i i think that's you know we've done that I, you know that's one of the first things i you know it really impressed me back when i started you know my, one of my my first couple of years and we hosted the ncaa championships in in tennis and we did it in skiing and and again, we don't have the resources and we don't have the personnel that some other places have. Even my previous institution, you know, we, we could call on, you know, some other folks. And, and we did it in-house with a, you know, limited number of groups. And we did it just as well as could be done at any of the other places. And that that um, that really has inspired me. It, it's made me really proud to be a part of the group that we're part of. And again, it, it lends this sense of something a little bit special about what, what we do and, and, and the folks we do it with. There were a number of pleasant surprises this year, I thought, for Bates Athletics. But what was one that really stood out to you in terms of maybe a team or a player that surprised you? Well, yeah, you start you, you start off with pleasant. Uh, well, I'll say I, I think um, you know one of the pleasant surprises was uh, was Kelsey Ross being named Coach of the Year. Um, you know, I, I think we all recognize what Kelsey has done, but you know, again, for you know a team that I think she ended up finishing, they they finished fifth in NESCAC, um, <clears throat> for the recognition of that um, to happen from her peers. Again, pleasant surprise, but you know, but a surprise and, and a good one. And I think, I think getting over that hump of that recognition. I know we talked about this with um, with Allison um, a little bit with her first year, in, you know, in, in basketball. You know, wanting to have more recognition of you know of all NESCAC and things like that. And you know, sometimes it takes being in the league a little bit before some of that recognition comes. Um, some of the other surprises that I, I wouldn't wouldn't have been uh, necessarily positive ones. You mentioned the one already, the, the backboard breaking. Right. Even though we we had talked about that possibly when it happened, was it was it was a shock. Um, <clears throat> I think a little bit of a surprise w was how long and how arduous the hosting of the NESCAC tennis championships was. Mm. Um, you know, we knew that was going to be work, but um, but the way it turned out and as competitive as it was. And, you know, the days that I, I think you were part of that and, and Andy was part of, you know, our sports information and our athletic trainers that were here till literally midnight on, uh, you know, one of the nights. I think that was a little bit, I, I think, got caught off guard. Um, the other sort of, if you will, ugly surprise to me was uh, men's lacrosse not, not getting into the NCAAs. Um, <clears throat> again, we knew that was possible. I just, given what we had done our, you know, our previous year, um, thought that was going to happen and, and, and was surprised when it didn't. Yeah, I definitely thought after they'd be in Tufts again that they would get in. But uh, so it goes maybe, um, you know, a chip on their shoulder for next year, perhaps. <laughs> so speaking of next year, what are some of the goals for the department in the upcoming year? It can be like administrative goals or, you know, team yeah. goals looking at, the, at different programs. Well, again, I'll start with the competitive piece first mm -hmm. because that's that's what we do. Um, and we always, you know, we always have um, goals to be more competitive. Um, so, I, you know, there are. 
they aren't necessarily specific, more specific than, uh, you know, expecting to be, um, to be more competitive across the board in NESCAC. Um, you know, we should be knocking on the door this year, you know, with, with, uh, you know, playoffs and a lot more sports and, and advancing beyond those. Um, that means, you know, again, expectations that we have more teams involved in the NCAAs. And that means, you know, that we'll hopefully end up, you know, placing higher in the Director's Cup. And those are all, again, they're, they're, they're somewhat objective measurements. And um, we don't, you know, we don't only look at winning and being competitive as the only thing we do. But, um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we are keeping score and we are competing. And, and, um, and our goal is to try and keep that trajectory going upwards. Um, you know, administratively, we had a we had a departmental review this year, and um, that came back with um, you know some some input, some you know some comments, and some things that we're doing really really well, and some things that we could do better. And so, I, you know, one of the things is going to be incorporate uh, the findings from um, from that review and try and figure out how we can uh, how we can incorporate and do some of those things better. Um, you know, I think that's going to involve potentially you know some some changes or, you know organizationally or structurally, and and so you know trying to both implement those and at the same time incorporate so we, you know and I, I think we're going to talk about this in a minute but we're also going to have some new folks on board with some positions that are open and so you know here you know the way we're set up that you know every every head coach has a secondary assignment pretty much and so when you have people leave you know reevaluating who's doing what in terms of second assignments it's sort of a domino effect in that uh, you know so some of that's going to shuffle up so you know, changing assignments, getting those new folks on board, mentoring them, having them become part of the, you know, the Bates staff and family is, you know, is one of the things that we're going to do. I think, um, you know, just figuring out with, I mentioned the, you know, the facility improvements we have, you know, so we'll have a new boathouse, we have a new turf field. So again, figuring out, you know, just how um, operationally we want to make sure, you know, we're incorporating those things. That's also some of the, some of the things that we're going to look for next year. Yeah, you touched on this, uh, the staff searches, a couple of uh, full-time head coaching openings, including baseball and, and alpine skiing. And obviously, you want to do these searches as quickly as possible, but also as thoroughly as possible because sure. you don't want to miss out on any recruiting opportunities and whatnot. So for fans and alums who may not know about the process, how does it work when you are looking for, like, a new head baseball coach like Bates is right now? Sure. it um, You know, it's a, it's a fairly somewhat standard approach each time. It just – um, is definitely more challenging when you try and do it in the summer. Um, so, you know, first off, you know, you have, you, you, you take a look at your job and you, you, you come up with a either refined job description or you just make sure that in fact, what you're searching for is, is, is clear to everybody. And then it's a matter of, um, you know, of, of advertising that, of trying to strengthen your pool in some cases recruiting. I know, uh, oftentimes I'll use, you know, connections that I have, um, to just, you know, find, you know, people that maybe haven't applied that, um, that we can, um, we can ask them to consider being in the pool. And the same thing, um, that's one of the things that we charge the search. So we create a search committee each time around and, and ask them to get involved in, in, uh, you know, trying to get us as strong a pool as possible. So, so the first stage is, you know, getting the word out, <clears throat> trying to get the, you know, the best, the strongest pool possible that you can have. And then it's, it's a matter of convening your search committee to, to really, um, you know, take some time and be thorough about reviewing the applications that are in there, trying to, trying to narrow those down. So obviously you have a bar every time that you're looking at a position, you have a bar for a certain level of competence coaching wise and teaching wise that you want to have. But then beyond that, it's the, you know, and it, it, it sounds um, sometimes a little mushy to say, but um, the fit. So I talked about, 
you know, when I was talking about how proud I am of the, the staff that we work with and the, and the atmosphere that we have, it's, it's making sure that, okay, we've got this level of, of, of coaching expertise, but now how do we narrow it down to the person or persons that we think might be the right fit for us? And so, uh, again, that's, um, you know, we really lean on our search committees that are usually comprised of, uh, of coaches and staff, and then we, we, we generally have a faculty person on board. And then we'll also, when we, so the search committee will narrow down to, the number of finalists and that's not predetermined it's you know the ones that we think uh really rise to the top that we want to bring to campus for you know a full day of of interviews and meeting with folks here and then we'll involve um members of the team uh typically when we do it during the year we have the team go out to dinner with each candidate and you know and 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 they're able to you know have a dialogue about everything and anything um in this case we're probably going to have to try and skype in because you know uh, most of the most of the athletes aren't anywhere near where they can come by but uh, but we'll bring those candidates, both um, you know the baseball and the uh, alpine skiing candidates, onto campus, and we'll have them spend a day here. They'll do a you know public presentation that if if any of the athletes are around, you know we, we certainly that if they can come by and be on hand for those, we'll have them. But as well as our staff and anybody on campus, and then uh, and then between myself and the committee sitting down and kind of going over what we've discovered, we'll we'll hire two new coaches. And without you know maybe saying you know going into great detail, is someone with like a NESCAC background normally preferable when these type of searches or is it someone possibly thinking outside the box who may not even be familiar with NESCAC who might bring new ideas? I think both. Uh -huh. um, I, and the committee has to assess that. Yeah. So um, I, I think there, there is, you know, there are some, I guess, um, some downsides if you have someone that only has NESCAC experience and, and you, you want to maybe have a little bit broader. But uh, to be honest, I think we probably lean a little more to someone that has at least that experience or, or you know, pretty good knowledge of it because, um, NESCAC is different, and the experience of, you know, playing at a NESCAC type of school, balancing, you know, the academic rigor with, you know, with the, the competitive expectations, it, you know, it's, it really is important that somebody, you know, understand and both know how to, how to work with and coach those athletes, but also how to recruit the right athletes that are going to fit that, you know, that particular requirement. So, um, yeah, so typically, um, you know, we at least, you know, look for or take a look at someone that has some necessary experience, but that's not to say that, you know, that we're only going to look for or, or somebody has to have that. Um, there's certainly um, in, in this pool, I know there's, there's some strong candidates that, um, that have a, a whole wealth of experience, but not necessarily any of it NESCAC. So we'll look at both of those. All right, great. And then fall sports, they're going to be here before we know it. I mean, the start early September, we're talking here in late July. And so what are you most looking forward to for the fall season coming up? Well, right now it's the fall weather. Um, yeah, looking for it to cool down a little bit, but no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really looking forward to, you know, to football rebounding. I've had some conversations with Mark and, and, you know, you know, excitement about, um, kids he's got coming back and new kids coming in. Um, I'm really anxious for our first, um, home field hockey game on the new turf. That's going to be exciting. Um, and one of the things I, I mentioned this earlier, I think, but I'm really looking forward to, um, a few of our coaches in particular, you know, really hitting their stride. So I think Stuart Flaherty, um, Kelsey Ross, Danny Ryder are, you know, they're in that third, fourth, fifth year where, you know, they've had some really solid recruiting. They've played some people really tight, really close. I mentioned Kelsey last year being recognized. You know, I think those sports in particular are really poised to, you know, to get over the hump. And, and so, you know, I'm excited about seeing what they're going to do. And just in general, um, you know, excited about the new crop of, of first-year athletes that we have coming. It's always exciting when you have a whole new, a fresh new group of kids coming in and, and uh, seeing what they can do and what they bring. So, yeah. 
All right, Kevin McHugh, thanks so much for the July update here on Bates Athletics. Appreciate it. Thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll start previewing our fall sports as Bates students return to campus. That's coming up later this month on the Bates Bobcast. (laughs) 